Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Tuesday to you. It's Tuesday, April the 16th. What's up, Mark? How you doing, Keith? Hey, y'all. I got my man, Mark Narducci, back with us. Like I told you, he was going to be on here quite a bit throughout the pro uh postseason. What we're going to what we're going to talk about today is yesterday's one forty five to one twenty three victory over the Brooklyn Nets in game two. Um we'll talk about that in the first segment and then we'll talk about some things, you know, moving forward for game three in in the second segment. So we're gonna have two segments today. Now Mark, one forty five, one twenty three, did you see that coming? I I did not. I did not, especially with with how much the Sixers struggled offensively the first game. I mean, we knew Keith they weren't going to shoot three for twenty five from three again. But I didn't. I didn't see a, a a franchise playoff record coming either. Nah, nah. I mean, and and the thing about it is when you look at it, I say overall, like if you say to me that after Jimmy Butler scored thirty six points, he comes back with seven. He shoots three for 10, right, from the field with seven points. There's no way in heck that they that they will win. But something that you and I always talked about is, and we're, we're going to get into that third quarter, but we're going to talk about, you know, we said that J.J. Redick and Tobias Harris have to have better games. You know, from a field, field goal shooting percentage, Tobias was five for 12, you know, which isn't great, but he was 7-7 for the foul line. He just seemed like he was more assertive. He had a plus-minus, a game-high 30. And then you look at J.J. Redick. He was 7 for 12. He had 17 points. Tobias had 19. And Ben Simmons was more assertive, you know, much more assertive. He shot 8 for 12. He had 18 points. He had a triple-double where he had um, 23 points. Tw- 23 points. No, he had 18 points. I'm sorry. He had, he had plus-minus at 23. He had 18 points. He had uh, 12 assists and 10 rebounds. I mean, the stars stepped up. Well, the, the thing is, Keith, if you look at it, the way he came out was, was totally different. I, I think like three of the first four or five possessions, he went right to the basket. We talked on this last podcast about how, you know, in game one, he would get close to the basket, then turn his back and pass backwards. This time he was finishing at the rim. I, I think he I, I think he was stung by his performance in game one. And I, I just give him a lot of credit. He he set the tone. And you know, you, you said that JJ and Tobias did better. Well well they were the recipient of a number of those twelve assists. So uh it was just a tremendous all all around game from him. And it's the kind of game you get from him when he is determined, he isn't hesitant. And his idea was to attack, and he attacked early and often. Yeah, and, and the thing that I get, like, you know, you know, he said what he said the night of the game, uh, Saturday night. And and then the next day you asked him the question, and he responded talking about the fans. You know, this was a vital game for him. You know, you hear stuff that he was at the gym yesterday in the morning. The Sixers don't have shoot-around, but a lot of guys come in early and get workouts in. And he was there, you know, he had a couple family members with him. And you could tell that this was focused. And this was basically put up or shut up time for him. I hate to say it. 
you know, as good as Ben Simmons is, it was we were going to see what Ben Simmons was actually made of because he didn't look like a superstar after the first game. And there was a point in the third quarter where after he made a nice play, like he stole the ball, you know, it's, it's weird. It's like he almost went out of bounds, but he saved the ball and he scores a layup. And then the crowd erupts and he does the um the Allen Iverson yep. thing where he cuffs his ear and the crowd applauds. To me, it was like right then and there. It was like, hey, y'all, I'm still your guy. And they're like, yeah, you're still our man. But it just seemed like he had a step um he had a step up moment a moment where he had to step up and he did and it seems like you know at that particular point everything that happened in the past was forgiven and he was still the guy that everyone loves well it's funny in the post game he had, he had said like he did that uh with cupping the ear because you know he wanted to get the fans on his side and all he's he's such a stoic guy and 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 shows so little emotion and this this showed inside of you kind of uh, what it what it meant to him, and the fans do do mean a great deal. So I I he gave them no reason to boo this game, and and he did it right from the start. But the thing is, Keith, he's got to come out with that mindset every game. Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. He has to come up with that mindset every game, and we'll talk about more of that like in the in the next segment. But you're right, he has to come up with that mindset every game. And when you think of this third quarter, like you said, it was a historic third quarter. You know, when we get right back from this break, what are some of the things that come to mind to you? What are some of the things that come to mind to you in that third quarter? Well, one is Ben Simmons. You know, he had five of his assists in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, he and Embiid, actually, the two leaders of the team, I thought really, really stepped up and, and showed their leadership, Keith. You remember, they scored the first 14 points of the quarter, and Bede had nine of those points. Mm-hmm. So he was active, and, and, you know, Brett Brown, you know, reamed the team out at halftime, mm-hmm. and, and apparently it worked. And when your two leaders are showing the way, that, that's what you need in the postseason. And those two were the ones that, that really got them going. You know, and it's true. They scored nine. I mean, you know, they scored those X amount of points, and he had nine of them. The thing that also stood out to me was Tobias. You know, Tobias Harris in that quarter, he was three for four shooting. He was five for five from the foul line. He had 12 of his points in that quarter. And then another guy, Mike Scott. The last game, Mike Scott shot one for eight from the field. He was four for four in that quarter. You know, 10 points. James Ennis. You know, his addition really, you know, he, he helped the team out a little bit. It, it enabled them to, you know, not, you know, it enabled them to not have to worry about, okay, do we play Zaire? Do we play Jonathan? What do we do? So, you know, he alleviated some things too as well. That is, that is a very good point. And Brett Brown, it's funny, Keith, in the in the pregame, Brett Brown said we're hoping to get Ennis for 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. He played 12 minutes and two seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Uh, he he gave them somebody that was a little better defensively, obviously than than they had in game one. He was a plus fourteen in, in those twelve minutes. So, uh, and, and I expect his minutes to go up as he gets his conditioning going. One other thing, Keith, remember they had originally told us he would not be evaluated for two weeks, and that would have been this Thursday. Yeah. So he got better a little quicker, yeah, and, yeah. and and they threw him right in there. Yeah, exactly. And and you know from what I saw. You know, like within those 12 minutes, he did look good. I was, you know, a little concerned 
if we we were going to see the same thing we see with Joel with him being fatigued. I mean, he played within himself. So you know that that was a good one. But that third quarter, I mean, it it, it was like wow. I mean, that speech that Brett Brown had to have. You know, you, sometimes you're saying to yourself like, great speech. But why did he do it now? What was the thing? And I, and I said to people like, hey, he had to do it now. Because if you go down two zip against this team, there's no coming back. Well, there's no coming back. History suggests there's no coming back because they've never been down 2-0 and come back in the history mm-hmm. of the franchise. Yeah. So in all, in all uh, aspects, this was really a must win for this team. Yeah, a must win. And it was a great win for them. You know, the, the thing is, when you look at it, they have the balance. Again, you know, Jimmy Butler was 3 for 10. I mean, but he had seven assists. He had four rebounds. He had one steal. Um, he was a plus 27. I mean, you look at Tobias Harris. Like I said before, he had a game high plus uh, 30. You know, Joel Embiid, he shot eight for 12. Now, to me, to me, that's that that's the Joel Embiid that they need. I mean, the other game he had he shot all those. I mean, he had all those shots. We all know that Joel is by far the best player on the court, but they're not going to be successful unless everyone gets to eat. In my opinion, you know it's a great stat about Joel Embiid: zero for zero from three point range. Yeah, that <laughs> was it. And, and and Keith, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention his backup, Boban uh, Marinovic. He had 16 points, but he had 14 in the first half when they needed it. They were yeah. only up by one in the first half. He kept hitting those 14 to 16-foot jumpers. They keep leaving him open in this series, and I think that's one of the adjustments that the Nets have to make. You know, he had, he had the 13 in the first game. He's played great in this series, and he kept them afloat in that first half. Exactly right. I mean, you look at it. The, the Sixers are not – I mean, will be – how should I say this? Well, it'll be unrealistic to say the Sixers are going to outscore them in bench scoring. The team is just too deep. And when you have guys like um, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert coming off the bench, you know, it's hard for the Sixers to outscore them. But when you look at the job that Boban did, that Mike Scott did, James Ennis and TJ McConnell, you know, if those guys can play well, even though we know they're not going to outscore the opposing teams, it gives the 76ers a lift. That's what's going to happen. There's no question. And and Keith, on the other end, though, uh, the, the Nets hit bench took a real hit because Jared Dudley didn't play. And he had played over 27 minutes. He was really effective in, in game one. And the other thing is, Ed Davis, who, who was a plus 28 in, in game one, had a sprained right ankle. He did play, but he played under six minutes. Yeah. So those two guys, I thought, were the heart of the team in game yeah. one, and, and they didn't get much time from them. So so uh, obviously Kenny Atkinson needs those two to get healthy. Yeah, and, and with, with that being said, it's time for let's just talk about the next game. Well, I mean, you know, game three, they're going to play where they're going to play on uh, Thursday night in Brooklyn at 8 p.m., you know, this is going to give Embiid more time to get back in shape, you know, I'm assuming. You know, he'll have the day off today, but tomorrow he's going to try to lock some minutes and do some stuff at practice, you would assume. Um, but then it also gives Ed Davis and it also gives Jared Dudley time to get recuperate. And so what what are you expecting from, from game three? I expect the way the Sixers came out in the third quarter – 
how the Nets will come out in the first quarter. Yeah. So I think the Sixers are going to have to take this initial punch uh, from the Nets. I think they are going to get a, a lift from, from the home crowd. And I think they're a little stung by how the Sixers just put them away uh, so convincingly in the, in the, in the third quarter. So I, I really expect, you know, the first five to seven minutes, the Sixers just going to have to hold them off. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, when we look at it, if you, if you say to the Brooklyn Nets, now it was a good win by the Sixers, a great win by the Sixers, but I still think the Sixers got to come out like hungry and fired up. You know, make it seem like they're down 2-0 because, you know, the Brooklyn Nets won home court advantage by stealing a victory. They still stole the first one. So the Sixers have to go up there and get a win just to make sure. You know what I mean? Because they don't want to, like, be down 3-zip. I mean, 3-1, excuse me. Um, So, to me, as good as the Sixers played, that the loss in the first game in game one has to motivate them. I mean, they have to come out there, and they need to come out. Like you said, the way Brooklyn's going to come out, and we're going to hear all these Brooklyn, Brooklyn. <laughs> the way they came out is the way the 76ers are going to have to – they're going to have to duplicate that. They're going to have to knock them in the mouth early and get the crowd out of there. That's what they're going to have to do. And if you're Brooklyn, you can't be out-rebounded by 17 as they were as they were in this game. And, and again, I think a lot of that was Davis not, not, logging, yeah, yeah. not logging a lot of minutes. But um, I think Brooklyn was humbled. I thought they came in, and, and especially after the first half, they had to feel great about themselves uh, being down by just one. They were down by double digits. They came back, and it was almost like, here we go again. And I thought that in the beginning of that third quarter, you almost saw a stunned look on Brooklyn's face. Like, we don't have any answers to yeah. this. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was like yeah. like scores off of turnovers, like just layups. I mean, it wasn't like they were – It was, you know what it was? It was like they were out hustling them. It looked like the Sixers, you know, were the better team. I mean, they had the better athletes, and that's what it was. It, like, finally showed up. And you're right, they looked shell-shocked. And it's funny because Brett Brown always says – the most important part of a game is how you respond at the start of the third quarter. He said in pregame, you know, everybody gets amped up because you have the intros and you yeah. have this and that. Yeah. But then in the third quarter, you just walk out and you're like, oh, let's just tip the ball out. And they look fired up. So that speech that he had, he must have said some things to get them fired up to do to do something. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this next game. Um you know, I'm really looking forward to your coverage. If if you guys haven't done it yet, make sure you go to Philly.com or you pick up the Philadelphia Inquirer today or pick up the Philadelphia Daily News. I, I wasn't at the game. I was under the weather the last couple of days, but Mark Narducci did a, a heck of a job. I would say the other word, but I don't want to get fined. <laughs> but um, so make sure you guys read this and continue to read Mark, Mark's fine work in the Inquirer and on Philly.com to get your info. Thanks, Keith. And you know what? You're sounding better, and it's good. A lot of people at the game were asking about you. Yeah, because I owe some people some money. Only playing, <laughs> only playing, only playing. Nah. But, uh, hey, I want to thank you all for listening, and have a great day. And, again, we're going to keep these podcasts up, and um, I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Peace.